Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Here come the Irish. USC, Notre Dame, exhilarating wins, depressing losses, craziest games. The bigger rival, Notre Dame or UCLA. The Notre Dame Weekender Experience and a USC-Notre Dame game preview finished by our Pac-12 weekly prediction. SC, we are! SC, we are! Hi, everybody. My name is Greg Katz, and welcome to We Are SC's Inside the Trojans Huddle, week number eight. Inside the Trojans Huddle is a game-like panel discussion with We Are SC columnists and staff writers. So we start the pregame show as normal. Let's meet our panelists for this week. Scott Schrader, we are SC Senior Recruiting Director, who has 19 years of experience of covering the USC Trojans as both a reporter and a USC recruiting authority. Chris Arledge, former William Jewell College defensive back and team captain, and we are SC columnist who writes the popular column Musings with Arledge. Kevin Bruce, former All-Pac-8 Conference linebacker and team captain for the 1975 USC Trojans. He's a WeRSC columnist who writes defensively and offensively speaking after every USC game. I'm Greg Katz. I'll be your moderator. I'm a columnist who writes the obvious and not so obvious NIMHO Sunday. So we've been doing the pregame show with the introduction of our panelists. So this is a special edition. It's all devoted basically to USC and Notre Dame, the great intersexual rivalry. So here we go. First quarter. Here come the Irish. It's going to be the 92nd meeting between USC and Notre Dame. Panel, what makes this cross-country rivalry so great even when one or both teams are having a challenging season? We'll start off with Mr. Scott Schrader. Well, you know, I think this is just this is one of those rivalries that there is there's so much history and, and great tradition um, involved with, with this game. You know, this is just coming from my perspective. You know, of, you know, I didn't go to USC, but I, I grew up around USC football. My dad covered the football team, took me back to South Bend in 1977, where I still have a scar on my hand from a, a little incident there outside the Holiday Inn. And, uh, you know, I sat there and I watched Joe Montana and Joe McAfee play pitch and catch that year. But, um, you know, I, I when you go to Notre Dame, especially, and, and you get to experience the environment there and what this this game is all about you you, you really get a true understanding of uh, of it and so i i don't think that obviously it's enhanced when usc and, and notre dame are both ranked in the top 10 the top five or whatever that might be but i i think this game and i know just talking to to the guys that uh, i know that went to notre dame and cover the notre dame football team they still look forward to this game every year, and and so do I, and I'm sure everybody on this panel is going to agree with that. Well, let's find out if everyone will agree with that. Uh, Chris Arlis, do you agree with that? Yeah, I definitely agree with that. This is my not only my favorite USC game every year, but it's my favorite sporting event. I love USC Notre Dame, and 
and, and I wrote about it a little bit this week. I, I, there's something different about this rivalry than every other rivalry, even the great ones. Oklahoma and Texas are right next to each other. There's not all that much difference between the state of Texas and the state of Oklahoma, although people here and there <laughs> seem to think otherwise. There's not much difference. Uh, Michigan and Ohio, these are the same, these are the same places. Alabama, Auburn are in the same state. USC Notre Dame is a rivalry that spans the country. And, and we're talking about two very different types of places, two very different types of institutions. Uh, it makes it different and special in a way that the regional rivalries are not. So this is not going to be the greatest USC Notre Dame game. They're probably not going to write songs about this one, um, but it still matters. And it still matters in a special way. And, um, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't miss it. Although, <laughs> Although I, I, I've thought about not going back to South Bend this year, but uh, uh, just because I don't want to deal with the pain in person, it's easier at home, but, uh, but I'm going to be there and, uh, and, and I love it. Well, you know, what's not to love? Certainly uh, a very interesting uh, perspective. Uh, Kevin, you have a very interesting perspective. You have played in the game. You have played at Notre Dame. You played in the Coliseum. But maybe from a player's perspective, uh, if one or both teams isn't great, is it still as great for players? Yeah, it is. Yeah. <clears throat> it's one of those trick questions. Um, yeah, it is. And I've talked to many players, uh, recent vintages, right? And uh, they see it as very special. Now, some of the performances haven't been all that special. Uh, some have, a few. But for the most part, it, you know, recent to history has not been uh, kind to USC for all kinds of reasons. But this this rivalry um, is, is special and uh, it's special in, in many respects. I think Chris touched on some of it. Uh, it is geographically very dispersed. So you have the uh, the evil leprechauns from Notre Dame, uh, Midwest based, but a national school, really. National school, everywhere I've gone in my business career, you know, outside the state of California, trust me, they don't really care about UCLA one way or the other. I feel much the same way. Um, but the, uh, they do care about Notre Dame. And so every year, of course, I get bombed with emails. Um, I get bombed with emails that, uh, you know, when I get a good piece of my uh, – I hide with respect to the uh, uh, to the game and the outcome. So that's how special it is. It'd be nice that we would put a, a product on the field that uh, will be competitive and um, might surprise some people this Saturday. Chris, I'm glad you're going, and I got to tell you what, I'm glad I'm not. Wow, that was an interesting take. Um, okay, I'll tell you how I feel about it. Uh, once it was established. Uh, uh, with Howard Jones and Newt Rockney, and uh, remembering, I think it was 1931 SC upset Notre Dame uh, in South Bend, and um, I have a photo of it actually uh, that'll be uh, that I've run, uh, which shows you 300,000 people uh, having a parade for the Trojans upon their return uh, from South Bend after that victory. I think it was established right there and then that this was going to be a big rivalry game. It seems like every other decade, uh, somebody is beating somebody for three or four times in a row, uh, and it ebbs and flows. But I think because it was established so long ago, 
that it's still SC and, and, and Notre Dame. Uh, I think if you've been to games at both uh, places, it's as different as night and day. Uh, the crowds are different as night and day uh, uh, at the Coliseum. I mean, uh, when I was growing up, it seemed like half the Coliseum was for Notre Dame. Half the tailgaters were Notre Dame. Uh, uh, when you go back to Notre Dame, it's just incredible. We'll talk about that later. But uh, it's uh, it's really perpetuates itself. It's not a game, in my opinion. It's an event. And there's very few events that live up to it. This one does. And I've covered Super Bowls and everything else, World Series games. This is right there with it. So um, it's an interesting concept, which takes us to the second quarter. Uh, in your experience panel, and I think this is actually a pretty good series of questions, your most exhilarating USC win over Notre Dame, your most depressing loss to Notre Dame, and your craziest USC Notre Dame game that you've experienced. So Chris, we know you're going back to Notre Dame uh, this weekend. Let's start off with you uh, answering those three questions. The, uh, we'll start with most exhilarating. Uh, to me, this is easy. Um, I, I think there are two possible answers, but I was a year old in 1974. Sorry, Kevin. Um, so, uh, so, so the comeback game can't, uh, can't qualify for me. The, the most exhilarating USC Notre Dame game was the Bush push game in 2005. USC had won, I don't know, 20 something straight games, back-to-back -back national championships. And, uh, and, and we got to the campus early that day and saw all kinds of banners all over talking about all the various streaks that, uh, that Notre Dame had broken over the years. Oklahoma football winning streak, UCLA basketball. That place was amped at, at, 10, at 10 or 11 a.m. that morning. And, um, and to be in that situation where the crowd uh, on third and 19, again on fourth and nine, when the crowd was going absolutely insane because they thought for sure that the Irish finally were going to get us to watch Notre Dame fans storm the field and then be pushed off to the sideline merely to have their hearts ripped out. There was nothing like it. And, and um, when I go to the games back there, I, I meet two friends of mine that played at Notre Dame, uh, sadly. And one of them, a uh, two-time All-American named Luther Bradley, um, wasn't able to speak for about two hours after that game. He couldn't get a word out. And it made my heart warm. Uh, it still does, just thinking about the pain that he had to endure that day, especially knowing what's probably coming for me Saturday. But, um, yeah, that one was special. Well, that was uh, – how did you meet – by the way, how did you meet Luther Bradley? Just kind of curious. Um, through a mutual friend that also played at Notre Dame. A, a friend of mine, Rod McNeil, a teammate of, um, of Kevin's once upon a time, uh, is friends with a guy named Danny Nod who played at Notre Dame. Danny is best friends with Luther Bradley. So that's how I, that's how I got to know those guys and uh, good guys, even if they are Irish. Uh, for those of you on the podcast or, or young, uh, Luther Bradley was an all America safety, I believe for uh, Notre Dame. And uh, was a tremendous, tremendous player. All right, uh, Kevin, uh, we probably should have saved you for last, but we're, we're going to go with you here. So, uh, I guess you're going to look at it from a player's perspective. So uh, your thoughts. Oh, sure. Yeah. I, uh, wow. Look, look behind me. Um, and that's to uh, Chris's point. He was, a, he was a one year old, but he still remembers a game. So that could have been his first childhood memory, <laughs> but that was the uh, 74 comeback uh, victory in the Coliseum. Um, 
incredible experience. Uh, we played a um, pretty uh, pedestrian first half, to put it mildly. Offense uh, was uh, pitiful, only exceeded by the atrocious defense, the way we played. And I was playing uh, strong side uh, inside linebacker, and it was, it was just a mess. It truly was. And uh, we got our act together at halftime. There's a whole bunch of stories I could tell about that. But nonetheless, we made a couple, a few little defensive adjustments in particular. I don't think we made many adjustments on the offense. We didn't have to. We just needed to go do things right. On defense, we had to make some adjustments. We've done some special things for Notre Dame that were just not, they were not well-tooled. Let's just put it that way. And to hang 55 straight, 35 in the third quarter, uh, points so on Notre Dame was truly special and uh, and to do that when teams were ranked number four and number five uh, with a lot of the line uh, that was the, the the time to do it so um, it uh, was very special also very crazy and I've got some post-game stories that I'll save for another time that uh, just add to that uh, uh, that whole experience but it was it was just one of those um, event of events. Uh, and, and Greg, I like the way you put it. This game is an event. It's, it's a lot going on here. And uh, this is a very special outcome. Um, you know, it'll go down in the, uh, in lore and everybody will say, where were you uh, daddy when uh, the Trojans, uh, you know, put 55 straight on Notre Dame and there'll be an answer. Chris's answer is he was in, he was in the stroller, but that's all right. <laughs> <laughs> well, you got that one in there, Kev. Now, let me ask you, Kevin, what was the most depressing loss? Not that since you played in, but in general, what did yeah. you find was the most depressing well, loss? Well, uh, uh, yeah, any, any of them are depressing, but to, to Chris's point, but importantly, the 55-0, I was just a wee lad at the time on that one. and uh, But I'll never forget how the humiliation um, – I don't know. I'm really sure I was a real diehard SC fan at the time, but when that happened, I became one because I thought that was just atrocious and um, very, uh, uh, you know, a dagger in the heart. But as it turned out, it was a watershed game because it caused Coach McKay to change his uh, recruiting uh, methods at that time. And he went for the not just the biggest and meanest, but the fastest players he could find. And, and that was the legacy that continued on it and through, uh, through my playing time. And what, what about your most craziest SC Notre Dame uh, memory? 74. It just, it just is. It was, just, yeah, it just is. It was crazy though. I'll tell you, there's a story on the 1975 game uh, where we went back to South Bend that, uh, I'll say for later, but it's it's related to um, to that question. You know, just a point of uh, history for those of you that are listening on the podcast. Uh, behind Kevin is the is a picture of the scoreboard of the '74 USC Notre Dame game, about 5:49 remaining. Uh, a little tidbit: uh, that scoreboard uh, picture was taken by a friend of mine named Arnold Frankel, and Arnold Frankel used to take right. pictures for USC, and Arnold. His nephew is Gary Klein, who covered USC football uh, for the uh, Los Angeles Times. He covers the Rams now. And I know as a birthday gift to me, Arnold decided to take that scoreboard and turn it into a clock. So for my birthday, I have a clock that is that scoreboard. 
So an interesting uh, sidebar. Scott, uh, your your three memories. Well, yeah, I, I was my my first memory of, of a real memory of being at a college football game was the 1974 USC Notre Dame football game. Um, you know, I I was tagging along with with my mom. My, my dad's in the press box. My mom and and I and there were usually two other people that went with us every game. And you know, I I you know I don't remember vivid details of it, but I definitely remember halftime. Pretty much thinking the game was over in my mind as a five-year-old, six-year-old kid, whatever I was. Um, but you know, I just I will never forget, even though I was on the younger side, just what happened in that second half. And you know, obviously watching videos over the years just kind of ingrained it. And maybe some of the memories that that I thought I had all the way back then maybe are just the end result of watching some stuff on on television and video replays. But you know, that was definitely the most exhilarating memory of, of USC Notre Dame, just from the standpoint that it was really the first football game I remember being at. But, you know, 2005 obviously is going to be, is, is going to rank up there, the Bush push game. But, you know, it was really interesting. I was with, with a, a Notre Dame friend of mine in 2002. Uh, and, and he had brought a couple of his Notre Dame friends with him. And at the time, I think I, this was just before I started working with, with we RSC back in the, in the scout.com days. And uh, I just remember there were some young kids, Notre Dame fans, L.A., L.A. dudes. And, you know, they're talking, sh- you know, talking smack. I won't use the profanity word, but, you know, and, and just talking about USC is going to get their ass kicked. USC sucks. You know, the whole this and that come from these these high school kids. Of course, you know, they, they really weren't all that wrong. Right. Uh, it had been a rough road for USC. But um, I just remember them going back into the stands and, and watching that football game happen. And it was just, you know, and I'm not the biggest USC fan, so to speak, like, like everybody else is here. I didn't go to USC. I didn't play for USC. So I won't have like a depressing loss because I've never really been that upset over any loss that USC's had. But, um, you know, that I, I will stick to this, that, that 74 game, most exhilarating, but I'll put 2002, which it will, will stick in my mind for, for, for other reasons. And I think that just kind of, you know, USC went on to, to win the Orange Bowl that year. But I think that victory over Notre Dame, USC was finally in the BC, mm-hmm. right? That was that was kind of a big, big deal back then. And uh, so it's just kind of was a moment of, of I think, great history uh, for, for USC football on what that ultimately led to. Okay, well, I'm, I've got three perspectives. Uh, actually, uh, a point of information, Chris, I'm just slightly older than Kevin, but thank you for not putting me on the spot. But I'm going to date myself here. First of all... You look so young, though, Greg. That's why I didn't know. Yeah, I, well, I, can, I, mean, tell, I can tell Kevin is old. I couldn't tell you're old. <laughs> He's warming up now. <laughs> um, okay, uh, I'm going to agree with all of you. I think this, uh, I've been going to USC Notre Dame game since 1962. Okay. And uh, that was the first time I saw the Trojans, the Irish play in the Coliseum. And uh, the Irish had a quarterback named uh, Daryl LaMonica uh, that was, became quite an NFL player. But uh, of all the games that I've seen, uh, the most exhilarating win was at South Bend in 2005 and uh, I have never heard Notre Dame Stadium any louder. It was an insane asylum. It was, it was deafening. And um, 
to pull off the fourth and nine pass and get an audible in from Liner to Jarrett is simply amazing that they were able to not only uh, do the audible, but to complete the pass. Uh, but the one memory I have of that game is I remember leaving Notre Dame Stadium. And usually the people at Notre Dame are very gracious. They're very uh, holy in their minds, right? I have never heard the Notre Dame fans as, uh, excuse me, Scott, I, I hope I don't offend your ears, so pissed off. It was unbelievable. Dropping F-bombs like World War II over London. It was incredible. Uh, so that, that was my most exhilarating win to see them in such misery. Uh, and of course, SC was going for a national championship run. My most depressing loss was not actually a loss. It was a tie. In 1969, or excuse me, 68, USC played Notre Dame in the Coliseum, and USC was number one, and Notre Dame was like number nine. And all my buddies on the football team, we had gotten season tickets. We sat behind the end zone because they had a special deal for high school students. So there was about 19 of us sitting there behind the end zone. And Notre Dame had a, a great quarterback named Terry Hanratty, who was injured on crutches, so they had to go with a young sophomore quarterback named Joe Theismann. And Notre Dame at that time was an all-boys school. And what I remember about that game was that it tied. They, they stuffed Simpson. He couldn't run. Notre Dame was so physical. Uh, it's one of those things where you look in the game program and you look at the Notre Dame players, and they all look like they were spending time at Folsom Prison. Okay, They were just absolutely mugshot intimidating. Um, the craziest game, I won't belabor the point, it's the 1974 game, the comeback game. It was like, a schizophrenic game. Uh, I've never heard the Coliseum as loud in the second half or maybe ever uh, hearing that game. I can imagine as a player down on the field, it was like watching a silent movie. There was so much noise. So uh, that were my uh, relations to uh, wins, losses, craziest games. So, hey, Greg. Yes, sir. I was just going to say, I, I want to give a shout out to a game that has no historical significance to anybody but a USC fan. It's not like 74 or 2005, but that 1996 streak breaking game after ah, yeah. 13, after 13 years of absolute hell, putting up with the Irish after blowing, what was it? A 17 point lead to UCLA the week before that team was a wreck. The season was a wreck. Notre Dame was a good, but not great team. I think they're ranked about number 10. And it took, it took all kinds of miracles for USC to win that game, including a missed extra point in the fourth quarter that would have sealed it. Um, I don't, other than the 2005 game, I'm not sure I've ever felt that much joy at a USC game. I mean, that was just the relief of finally beating those guys after all those years was, uh, was remarkable. And, and I'll never forget it. I'll, I'll never forget looking around and seeing the USC fans, some of them weeping because they were so happy to finally beat the Irish. That was great. I don't know Worst if they were one. weeping. I think they were weeping because of that. They were also weeping because it was so freaking cold and yeah. windy at that game. Here's a trivia question, then we'll move on. Who was the linebacker that tipped the ball at the end in overtime, and where was he from? Mark Cusano, he was from Texas, and... And and Cusano also got him the following year in South Bend in '97. He also batted down a pass in uh, late in that game too. Well, that's impressive, Chris. But you got to tell me where he went to high school in Texas. Oh man, mm. that's your Jeopardy question. You got two seconds. I'm uh, Mark. I'll go with Allen. 
Allentown. You know, that was very close. It was the colony. Ah, okay. The colony. But that was that was good. That was good. So let's go on to halftime. Uh, age old question. It's been dated. Uh, it's been, I think, since the beginning of time. Our halftime question is who is USC's biggest rival? Is it Notre Dame or is it UCLA? So, Kevin, let's get a player's perspective. Which is yeah. it? Yeah, it's not even <clears throat> it's not a contest, guys. It's it's Notre Dame. I mean, UCLA is one of those. Well, as Coach McKay, uh, his famous quote, um, you know, hell is losing to UCLA and heaven is beating Notre Dame. That's pretty good. That pretty much sums it up, doesn't yep, it? Sure does. <laughs> Chris, what do you think? Oh, I'm with Kevin. It, it, I also think it's not close. Um, the, the UCLA game is important. It's fun, um, but um, but it's not close to, to USC Notre Dame. And I suspect it's sort of the way Michigan fans feel about the Michigan State rivalry. You have an obligation to beat those guys. They're, you're surrounded by them. Uh, they have a little brother complex. They're irritating. You have to beat them. And if you don't beat them, then, then that's shameful and embarrassing and you feel bad and you have to put up with a bunch of nonsense. But you're supposed to beat them. Your real rival is the team that you're not necessarily supposed to beat because they're just as good as you are and they're just as important as you are. And, and that's what makes that game far more meaningful to me. All right, Scotty. Uh, you may look at it from a recruiting perspective, but uh, what's your thoughts on this? I mean, from a recruiting perspective, um, I, 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 I mean, but that that goes back to what I just heard come out of out of Chris's mouth, where you know you you, you have to beat UCLA, um, and and reasons are you have the bragging rights and you and you have you do you do have recruiting implications, but I think again, you know, I think that uh, you know if you, if you look historically, uh, USC even when they're losing at times to, to UCLA, which hasn't been kind of consistent for, for quite a few years now. Um, you know, it, it, USC still seems like they're the top school for most of the kids in Southern California and on the West Coast. So it's not like it, 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 there, there's huge implications on the line with recruiting. Um, so I, I will agree that, that it's Notre Dame. And, and it's just because, you know, both of these teams have won national championships. Both of these teams, when they have met, have been ranked in the top 10 several times, even higher than that. And I just think you're looking at, at, at programs. And, and USC, it's, it's been a rough 10 years for, for USC since uh, Pete Carroll's left. But, um, you know, if, even, even for somebody like myself looking at it, I, it's just really a no-brainer that it has to be Notre Dame. Well, I'll tell you how I think of it. UCLA is like a hemorrhoid. And sometimes you just sit there and say, you know what? It'll go away. It generally does. And then it might come back and then it might not come back. But, you know, USC sees itself and rightfully so with all the national championships and everything uh, as one of the true blue bloods of college football. Historically, we don't think of UCLA that way. UCLA is not a measuring stick uh, by any means. And when SC plays Notre Dame, you're talking about two major national Whatever you name the, the adjective that they are. And to me, Notre Dame is the rivalry game to me because it's the measuring stick. Uh, UCLA is annoying. Uh, when I say annoying, it's because they, they like to pretend they like football, but they really don't care. They care about basketball. We all know that. Um, so I'm going with, uh, with Notre Dame. 
And uh, I think when we lose to Notre Dame, it tells us what we got to do to get better. I, so I got one more thing to add. Sure. I look, if this was another thing I was going to say, and I forgot, you know, when, when you're facing Notre Dame, you know, you're, you're almost kind of competing for who has the most NFL draft picks or number one picks in the NFL draft. You're looking competing for Heisman trophy, who has the most Heisman trophy winners. You know, you're, you're also, you factor all of that into the equation, the awards that have been won by players and by the teams. And I think you all add that up and it's just, it just makes it such an easy, easy choice. Well, yeah, yeah. We're, UCLA, it's basically we've, we've given back as many Heismans as they've won. So there you go. <laughs> Modern day. And, 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 Beeban was, and Beeban in a recent poll was the lowest ranked Heisman winner of all time. Uh, so he wasn't, wasn't even a good one. Uh, by the way, Greg, I think that's the most personal medical information you've ever disclosed on this show. So I, uh, I appreciate you being transparent <laughs> with us about your hemorrhoid problem. And well, I you know, I... I, I appreciate that you know a little a little uh, compassion goes a long way in my eyes <laughs> hey it's kaylee cuoco for priceline ready to go to your happy place for a happy price well why didn't you say so just download the priceline app right now and save up to 60 percent on hotels so whether it's cousin kevin's kazoo concert in kansas city go kevin or becky's bachelorette bash in bermuda you never have to miss a trip ever again so download the priceline app today your savings are waiting Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All righty. Uh, this one, into the third quarter we go. Uh, your memories of the Notre Dame Weekender. You know, there's a lot of people that make this an annual pilgrimage every other year. Uh, and I don't think people that haven't made this trip understand the event. It's not just a day in South Bend. It begins generally for many people on Thursday and runs all the way through uh, Sunday. Uh, there's a lot of events. There's a lot of happenings. So uh, since you guys have all been there, I've been there. Uh, Scott, uh, you're going to be at the game, right? Yes, I am. Okay. Well, so Jackson, why don't you... if Jackson Dart's going, excuse me. <laughs> All right, so tell tell our listeners and our viewers, uh, for someone who's not been to the game, uh, give us kind of your your agenda, let's say, for this week and what you plan to do and when you plan to get there uh, so that people that haven't been to the game have kind of a, a an idea of what's happening. Yeah, this year might be a little bit different for me than it has been in some years and that I'll, I'll probably be coming from Atlanta, Georgia on Saturday morning. And then hooking up with Eric and Mark Culkin um, on, on, on Saturday morning to head to, to South Bend. But, you know, we will be heading to South Bend at like 930 in the morning to get the even for us covering the game. We're going to get there extra early. But I can just tell you the first time I really, really enjoyed the whole Notre Dame event experience was was getting there on a Thursday and getting there in time to go to the Navy Pier and be there for, for the rally and the band and enjoying Chicago and you know, you really get an amazing group of USC fans that are that will sh- this year too. I promise you, they will be there this year too for this game. Showing up, uh, kind of infiltrating that part of the city. You know, the same thing kind of happened when USC played Notre Dame, uh, Alabama, a few years ago. I was actually kind of surprised on how full Dallas had gotten, but it, it, that's how Notre Dame USC is every year in Chicago, from my perspective. And then you head to the game. Um, every year I still go tour the campus. I still go, go to the grotto. I still go see everything again. I eat everything up. I mean, Notre Dame is a place I tell kids that, that, that I'm covering on the recruiting trail. You know, if there's a school, even if you don't want to go there, 
you need to go see Notre Dame. Um, and so that's how I feel about it. I, I you know, I, and, you know, I think a lot of this that I, I, I was given to from my dad, my dad kind of passed on to me. Um, he just loved Notre Dame with every ounce of his being. He loved the people there. And I think we'll go to the people part. You go to Notre Dame, if they're, if they're cooking up and they, they're grilling up ribeyes, they're inviting you in to come eat with them. Uh, a very, very friendly, very hospitable uh, group of people the Notre Dame fans are. So it's just a really beautiful experience from start to finish, barring a, a, a loss, of course. Uh, so it's just something I think it's hard to put into words, but it's, it's something that I highly recommend everybody, USC or Notre Dame fan or not, you got to go do, you got to go to this game. So Chris, uh, you're going back. So yeah, what okay. is, what is Chris Arlich? When do you leave? What, what do you do? You have a routine when you go back there? Yeah, for the most part, I mean, we'll, we'll get in Friday morning this time, my son and I into Chicago and, and there are Chicago things that he likes to do because he loves the town. Um, and then we'll get on campus uh, relatively early. A couple of things about, about the Notre Dame game, if you're a USC fan, you haven't been. Um, first of all, you have to go. It really is an unbelievable experience. Nobody does history as well as Notre Dame. And, uh, and you can feel the history in that place. You really can. And they, and they build that up. And it's different. You know, I, I've been to the Horseshoe, and it was packed, and it was loud, and it was fun. But it wasn't the same. Um, the Coliseum isn't the same. There's history at the Coliseum, but Notre Dame is Notre Dame Stadium is, is a different kind of place. The other thing about it is, um, uh, and, and Scott mentioned the people. I grew up going to USC Notre Dame games at the Coliseum. The Notre Dame fans at the Coliseum are maybe the worst people on earth. I mean, most of them should be imprisoned. They're horrible people. They're drunk. They're loud. They're obnoxious. They're awful, awful people. I expected that when I went to South Bend the first time. And that is not what you get. They are a very friendly, welcoming uh, people. And other than the 2005 game, I had the same experience you did, Greg, with, <laughs> with the, the uh, over-the-top emotional meltdown of the Irish. Uh, other than 2005, we've never been anything other than treated really well. It's very interesting. Um, but um, yeah, that's sort, of my, that's sort of my perspective on Notre Dame. If you're a USC fan and you haven't been to a game in South Bend, do it two years from now you need to do it it's it's amazing it is amazing uh i would think it'd be more, even more amazing if i was playing in the game kevin mm. talk to us about what a player feels like uh from like the plane trip going back to chicago or michigan city wherever you were staying and actually uh the mood the hotel what was the bus ride like when the team pulled into notre dame what's it like suiting up in I, I think the locker rooms in those days for you and old Notre Dame stadium, which I experienced before they did the expansion. Uh, what was that like? And then take us, uh, what was like coming onto the field? Um, yeah, sure. Uh, well, let me tell you, um, my senior year, we went back 1975. Um, and, uh, we, uh, uh, that Friday night, my, um, uh, eventually would have been my uh, my bride of now 45 years she snuck me and then she had her girlfriend who went to Notre Dame she had another car we snuck about 12 or 13 uh, USC guys my buddies and related uh, folks uh, over to the uh, 
bonfire and, and rally on uh, Notre Dame's campus. And it was wild. We had a great time. I got to tell you, uh, people were uh, friendly, which is quite ironic given that we're wearing our cute little USC team blazers, you know, for the most part, because none of us had any jackets of our own. Uh, and, um, and we were called out by name and, you know, what, you know, physical harm was going to come our way and all that kind of stuff. Um, and it was just a blast. I had a great time. Nothing untoward uh, took place. And it was quite an experience. So I, from my own perspective, from that perspective anyway, would echo the same thoughts. It's a great experience. Um, made much better if you win the game, which we did that year, oh, by the way. Um, as far as coming onto the field and those kinds of locker room deals, look, I have two experiences, one as a sophomore, one as a senior. Sophomore experience, we ended up losing the game. But coming out of the, out of the, uh, the locker room, in the first half, some guy uh, leaned over the uh, uh, parapet and uh, said some uncharitable things toward me and probably anybody else. It was sort of a general broadcast and then proceeded to throw up all over my shoulder pads and my everything. And I had to live in that for about, you know, until we get in at halftime and change out the uh, my jersey and, and, and such. And then we ended up losing the game. Unfortunately, it was, it was somewhat close, but, you know, it was uh, – uh, it just reminded us all, me in particular at the time, since I was the one living in, in the guy's, you know, vomit, um, that this is not a place that you want to lose a football game. So as a senior, we were able to, uh, you know, follow on that, that the comeback with uh, taking care of business in South Bend the following year with Joe Montana at quarterback. So uh, that was a that was a good parting feeling for me, knowing that was my last uh, Notre Dame game that I was going to play in. Well, I'll tell you, I had a routine uh, every year I would go. I remember taking my dad back to the 1995 game uh, and SC uh, really had their helmets handed to them. Uh, but my routine was I would always want to come in on a Thursday. Uh, first, I would go into O'Hare Airport, but then I got sick of that drive from O'Hare uh, to uh, Chicago, but more after the game type of thing. Uh Friday, I would go to the Navy Pier, which was great. But I, I always uh, decided that uh, some years ago that I was going to do all that, but I wanted to be in South Bend. So I would get a hotel room uh, for Friday night and Saturday night uh, in basically, uh, the, I don't know if you would call it Southern Michigan, but if you go right underneath the tollway, uh, the Indiana tollway, it becomes Michigan. So I would stay there uh, partially because you know, when they moved the game to at night, uh, it just trying to write a story, walk out of Notre Dame Stadium at maybe 1.32 in the morning, and the dreadful thought of hour and a half drive back to Chicago was just like, I just don't have it in the tank. I'm just staying. But when I, when I would go to uh, Chicago, uh, I made sure I ate at Harry Carey's uh, or Ditka's Restaurant, which I found uh, – part of the excitement. Uh, I remember one year I was there in Chicago and they had this incredible hailstorm. It was like someone, someone was dropping golf balls onto the street on Michigan Avenue. It was uh, really, I was with my girlfriend and it was like, holy mackerel, we're getting bombarded here. When I'm in South Bend, I always uh, eat on Fridays after I go to the Notre Dame pep rally at a place called Tippy Canoe Place, uh, which is the old Studebaker home. It looks like a castle. 
and they have great steak and, and, and fish and what have you. And it kind of sets the tone. I like Scott and probably most of you, when I go to Notre Dame in the morning or in the afternoon, I, I feel it's like Disneyland. I have to go to the golden dome. I have to sit there and see uh, the lake. I have to go to the grotto and light a candle for a friend of mine that passed away. Uh, and it's almost like I have to do these things. It's like going to Disneyland. If you don't go to Tomorrowland and you go to the other lands, like something's missing. So that, that's what I do. And I, and I love the Notre Dame band. So I try to catch some of their pregame concert because I do like the music they play. Uh, the game is the game. It's exciting. But uh, the overall atmosphere is just like uh, you got to see it to believe it. And everybody's listening, uh, like like Chris has said, and and Scott, I mean, and, and Kev. Uh, you know what? You just it's a bucket list. <laughs> you you have to do it. Don't think about it. I have many friends say, "Oh, we're gonna go, we're gonna go, we're gonna." I go, "No, you gotta just go." Yep. So uh, again, for those of you that are going to the game, I hope you have a great great time, uh, and I know I know that you will. So uh, that takes us to the fourth and final quarter. Let's uh, get into it just uh, a little bit about the game on uh, on Saturday. It's a 4.30 game, uh, Southern California time on NBC. Uh, 7.30, unfortunately. It's going to be cold and chilly. I checked the forecast. Uh, no chance of rain, which is good. But hopefully there's not a lot of wind because the wind really can, can set you back. But, uh, Chris, uh, in your uh, benevolent wisdom, uh, how do you see this game shaping up on Saturday? Well, are we going to see a completely different USC team than we've seen the last few games? Um, if so, this is a game that can be won. This is not a great Notre Dame team. They struggle to run the ball. They're pretty average at quarterback. They struggled with just about everybody they played this year. Now, for the most part, they pulled those games out uh, for the most part. But um, it's not a great Notre Dame team. And if you can stop the run and force the and force the mediocre quarterbacks to have to throw the ball, and if you cover the tight end occasionally, you can hold them down to a reasonable number. If you win the turnover battle and win some jump balls downfield, you can put some points on the court. USC could win this game. The problem is, for USC to win this game, they actually have to play football. And I haven't seen them play football in a long time. Right. I, what we've seen is we've seen them go out and get pushed around by people and just roll over and embarrass themselves. Right. That's what we've seen. That's what Oregon State was. That's what Utah was. If they do that in South Bend, then I'll leave it halftime again, like I did four years ago when it was 35 to nothing at the half. Text um, me. Forget to text me. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, look, this is a, it's a winnable game, especially if Jackson Dart plays, especially if the especially if the defense commits to stopping the run and forces Notre Dame to throw the ball. Cause I don't know that Notre Dame throws the ball that great. I just don't feel, I have no, I have no confidence in USC as a football team. I don't think the coaches will get them prepared. I don't think the players will be prepared and I don't think they'll play hard because I watched them play too much this year to feel otherwise, but they could win this one. If they show up, I hope they do. Well, that's a, that's a nice way to transition over to, uh, to Kevin, can SC win this game? You play this game 10 times, SC wins maybe once. Uh, but that's some things have to happen that haven't happened all season and frankly in many years. 
where they have to play a complete football game. No one is going to get any breaks playing in South Bend. I mean, the, the refs are going to throw penalty flags if, if the slightest matter comes up. I don't care what uh, conference, you know, split conference or however they do it. It doesn't matter. They're, they're just not going to get the calls. Uh, therefore, you got you have to you, going in. You're you're minus seven easily, if not more. In our case, um, the defense is going to have to play uh, tough four quarters of football. When was the last time we saw that? It's been a long time. Uh, certainly not by this edition uh, of the of the uh, of the Trojans. So that said, look. Uh, things can change. Uh, happiness could uh, ensue, and uh, good things could could happen. Um, it's a possibility. I know that uh, their tight end is back, healthy, which was not great news. I mean, you know, you don't want somebody to be hurt, but you know, there uh, he is their number one target by far, and is very difficult to cover. And that forces our safeties to cover a tight end, which I don't know when I last saw that. Uh, prescription, it didn't work out so well vis-a-vis uh, -vis Stanford, vis-a-vis -vis, uh, Utah, right? So, you know, hey, I don't want to be a downer about it, but the facts are the product that we put on the field is the product they put on the field. Oh, by the way, we're not the only team coming off a bye. So is Notre Dame. Well, Scott, you have an interesting perspective because you deal in recruiting. So you're pretty aware of the talent on both teams. Uh, what, what's your thoughts on uh, this game on Saturday? Well, you know, just, just like Kevin had, had alluded to, and I'm, I'm sure Chris had, did too, is that, you know, Notre Dame is a, is a difficult place to win even when Notre Dame's not good, which I don't know if we would put Notre Dame in the category of not good this year, but it's not a great Notre Dame team by any stretch. I don't know what they're ranked currently, but, you know, this, this is the Notre Dame team that I've, se I've seen play a couple of times. Saw them give up a, a ton of points to Florida State. Uh, they pulled off a squeaker victory there. I, I really haven't seen them play a whole lot more that, uh, since since then. But, you know, I, I've got a couple of, of, of buddies that, that cover the team for uh, Irish Sports Daily. And um, they, they were just kind of throwing some statistics. I'll be doing a podcast with them here in the next couple of days. But rushing yards. Notre Dame versus Florida State, 65 versus Toledo, 124, Purdue, 120 versus Wisconsin, nine, nine yards versus Cincinnati, 84. And another interesting comment that they had made is that Notre Dame has played four left tackles this season, and they rotated in three, three, both, three guys at both guard spots. I mean, that's, that's not typically something that is normal for you to see from, from a Notre Dame football team. So it, it's not like you know, this is a, a Notre Dame team that has a, a solid roster going on right now. And it's a very, very beatable Notre Dame football team. But again, USC has not played very well this, this season, let alone you know more than two quarters, definitely not four quarters. And, and if you're going to go to Notre Dame, you're going to play in a hostile environment. You're going to play against a team typically – this Notre Dame football team coached by Brian Kelly does not beat themselves. They've had a couple of games this year where they've had multiple turnovers and they've had more penalties maybe than they, they normally have. But Notre Dame is a very, very disciplined football team. So USC is going to have to go in there and they're going to have to play disciplined. And USC is going to have to make the tackles that they've been missing consistently for at least every game at the Coliseum. So do I think the USC can go and win this game? Absolutely. 
Uh, there, there's no doubt in my mind that USC can go into this game and 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 win. I I, I really do believe whether he starts or not is, is irrelevant to me. I think Jackson Dart needs to be on that sideline at the very least. Otherwise. I hate to see him come back too early. I got to tell you. I, I, I do too. I, I mean, look, chipping up his knee like that and coming back early and getting, you know, bludgeoned at Notre Dame is just a worst case nightmare. I got to tell you. Yeah. Uh, in my humble view, by the way, Notre Dame's ranked number nine in the country. All right. Thank you. So, I, I, I knew that. I mean, I, you know, it's, USC goes into into South Bend and they win this football game. You know, no matter what happens this year, you know that that is going to be a huge victory. You know, the USC is going to have a new head coach. They're going to have new coordinators. The whole nine yards. That that victory over Notre Dame is going to be kind of like the one that uh, that Chris was talking about in 1996. Maybe not quite to that level, but I think you know it, it's kind of when is USC going to beat Notre Dame in South Bend again? If there was ever a year they sh- they they can do it, it's this year. All right. Well, I'm going to throw in my two cents here. Uh, first of all, uh, I don't even know if Dante Williams has ever been at Notre Dame uh, as a player, as a coach, or as a fan. And to me, that is somewhat of a factor uh, that he's going to be looking at something he's he is not prepared to see if you've never been there. Uh, but let's assume that he, he has his composure and everything's fine. Uh you know, USC, a lot of these players have not been there, okay? Uh, and I'm, I'm concerned about that. I mean, it's very easy to get distracted at Notre Dame when you go onto that field, okay? Very easy. Uh, uh, I don't want to get too deep into the, the game part of it because we'll leave that for maybe for predictions. But, you know, when's the last time I've ever seen Notre Dame start a transfer quarterback? Jack Cohen. Uh, he's from Wisconsin. Uh, when have I ever seen Notre Dame not be physical? Uh, when I, I've got to think that Notre Dame has better offensive linemen than Oregon State, and Oregon State did a great job of running the football against the Trojans. Uh, I think that Notre Dame does have a passing attack, uh, especially against an uh, inconsistent SC secondary, a poor tackling SC uh, uh, defense. There's a lot of things about SC that um, – uh, cause concern for me that Notre Dame can get off. Plus, Notre Dame could be very focused for this game. Notre Dame could say, look, we haven't been all that impressive, uh, but we could score a lot of uh, confidence points by beating the heck out of uh, our, our tribal. So I, I think that, uh, you know, USC is going to have to do something that they don't do. And, I, and to ask them to do it for four quarters, uh, uh it's going to be a, a difficult task. Notre Dame has a very good defense in some areas. Uh, you know, they're not, I don't think Notre, I don't think SC's going to outcoach Notre Dame, to be quite frank with you. Uh, and it really depends, I think, in the first quarter, first quarter and a half. That's going to tell you all you need to know, especially from a physical standpoint. So it's all, it's all, uh, it's all in the barn, as they say. So let's get to uh, overtime and our picks for this week. And we'll wrap things up. Uh, just a reminder, as far as uh, uh, this week's Pac-12 schedule, ASU and Stanford have drawn buys. So that brings us to Friday night, October 22nd. Washington will be at Arizona. That's a 7.30 p.m. game uh, scheduled for ESPN2. Uh, Washington's a 16.5-point favorite. 
Uh, Kevin, what say you on this game? Yeah, Washington win, wins that game. Okay, Scott? Washington. Chris? Washington, easy, and don't even watch it. Or Arizona's terrible. And I will say uh, yes to all three of you. Washington could name the score. Uh, so much for the Jed Fish uh, excitement over there in uh, Tucson. All right, let's move to Saturday, October 23rd. Uh, BYU at Washington State. That's a 12.30 p.m. game on FS1. BYU is favored by one point. Scott, what do you think? I'm going to go with BYU. Okay. Uh, Chris? I'm going to go with BYU, too. I think they rally this week. Their season's starting to fall apart a little bit. I think they're a better football team than Washington State. I think they pull it together. Kev? Yeah, I'm just going to be a contrarian a bit here and go with Washington State just because everybody else is going for BYU. And uh, I am going to make a fool out of myself, not the first time, but I think I'm going to go with Washington State. I think when you, if Deloria could stay at quarterback, uh, and since the game is at Pullman, I agree that BYU is a very mature team and uh, they're ready for a bounce back. If they win, won't shock me in the slightest. Uh, but Washington State's got a little something going right now. And uh, I would say that BYU is going to have to out-physical them and, and set the standard. So uh, I'll go with Washington State. All right, Colorado at Cal. That's a 12.30 p.m. game pack, 12 network. Uh, Cal is a 10-point favorite. Chris? Yeah, Cal wins this game. Another ugly, ugly football game. Yeah. But, uh, but, but they're the better team and they're at home. Kevin? Yeah, I picked Cal as well. And again, well said, Chris. Uh, ugly game, just ugly. Scott, Oof. seven to three, Cal. Wow. Okay. Uh, I will uh, go with. Uh, uh, I guess I'll go with uh, Cal because I think Colorado has no offense, but I don't think Cal's offense is all that great either. <laughs> but. Uh, We'll, we'll give a charity point for the game being played in Berkeley. Now, here's a very attractive game to me. Uh, number 10, Oregon at UCLA. That's a 12.30 p.m. game on ABC. UCLA is a two-and-a-half-point favorite. Kevin, what do you think about this one? Yeah, I um, – can they both lose? We can, we can put that up for auction. Yeah, I'd love to see that. Um, well, golly, um, I just, I, I uh, ooh, this just hurts. Um, <laughs> I got to take, uh, who, who do I dislike the most? That's a tie too. Oh, gracious. Um, I think uh, UCLA wins because Oregon couldn't field the entire team because most of them were in their probation program. All righty. Uh, Scott? I'm going to go with UCLA because I think they're going to run the ball and be successful. Okay. I mean, you know, you're watching if – you, if you watch the, the Cal-Oregon game, I mean – you know, if, if Cal had the ability to run the ball in Oregon, I sure as heck know UCLA will. 
Uh, all righty. Uh, I think I know the answer I'm going to get to this, but uh, fire away, Arledge. I feel Kevin's pain here because I don't really want to pick either team. Um, there's nobody to root for. I'm, I'm going to root for the Ebola virus, but uh, I would like to uh, – I think UCLA is a better football team. I agree with Scott. I think they're going to be able to run the ball uh, on Oregon. And Oregon has been, uh, has been just hanging on just about every week. I don't think they look very good. I think UCLA wins the game, and it wouldn't surprise me if they won it convincing. Well, okay. Now I guess that takes me to me. I'm going to take UCLA. I think they are the better team. I'm not impressed with Oregon. Uh, I think they've got, I think when they lost the running back, um, uh, they really lost something. I'm, Scott, what's, what's the name of the running back? I'm trying Burdell. to know. CJ? Yeah, CJ Verdell. Yeah, when, when they lost him, I think they lost a lot of their uh, ability to, to strike quickly. So mm -hmm. I'm going to take UCLA, the games at the Rose Bowl. Uh, I think UCLA, this could actually be their season in a way uh, for, the, for the rest of the way, and we'll, we'll find out. So uh, I vote for me is UCLA. Now, here's an interesting one. Utah at Oregon State, 4.30 p.m., Pac-12 Network. Uh, Utah is favored by three points. Scott, what do you think on this one? You know what? I'm going to go with Utah. I think Utah, Utah actually, you know, Utah looked better than I thought. Well, everybody's looked better than I thought they would against USC, but USC or Utah then went and you know, they looked pretty unimpressive the way they came back against a pretty good ASU team. So I think, uh, I, th I think Utah is, is the team to beat in the South. And I think they're going to win this football game. Okay. Chris. Utah's trending up. Oregon State is trending down. But I think the Beavers pull it out at home. It's a tough place to play. I think they turn it around. And I don't think Utah – I don't think Utah's that great. I, I, think, uh, I, think, it's a, I think they're about due for a uh, three-turnover loss. Kevin? Yeah, I think it's going to be closer than people think. But uh, uh, I think Utah's going to pull this one out. Um, I'm going to go with Oregon State. Because I think Utah could could be a little down after that victory they had at ASU, uh, but I think that Oregon State is very disciplined. I think Utah is very disciplined for the most part, and uh, I think if the game wasn't in uh, at Reeser Stadium in Corvallis, I might go with Utah. But something tells me that Oregon State uh, is going to give them a run for their money, so I'm going to take the home team. Oregon State on this one, but uh, again, I wouldn't be shocked if Utah wins it, which takes us to the last game. Uh, the University of Southern California at Notre Dame, uh, 4.30 p.m. kickoff on the West Coast. It's on NBC. Uh, again, those of you that are going to the game, it's 7.30 game. And a reminder for those of you that are going to the game, there is a one-hour time difference between Chicago and South Bend. So kind of keep that in mind uh, when you start uh, fixing your clock and deciding when you're heading out to uh, South Bend on the Indiana Tollway. Um, Notre Dame is favored at this point. It's by six points. Is that accurate, uh, Chris? That shows that people are seeing the same Notre Dame team that I'm seeing. It's not a great Notre Dame team, as we talked about. That being said, USC hasn't shown up in weeks, and I don't have any reason to suspect that will change. I think the Irish probably put it away in the first half, um, but I'd really like to. I'd really like to think the Trojans can keep it close in the fourth and see if we get lucky. But uh, no, I'm, I'm. 
I'm picking the Irish as much as I hate to, and I don't think it's going to be competitive. Scott, are you picking the Irish, and do you think it's not going to be competitive? Well, the last time I made a prediction was for the Colorado game, and that was a little – well, at the time it wasn't really didn't seem that easy. But I, I took USC by 20 that game. I'm going to take USC by two touchdowns in this one. All righty. We'll get that on the Associated Press wire. That'll be a yep. five bell. Yes. Uh, okay. <laughs> I will remind you. Nobody will remember if I'm wrong, but if I'm right, I'll remind, I'll remind you guys for like four straight weeks. And and we have confidence that you would definitely do that. <laughs> I'm going to remember, Scott. Ah! <laughs> You're no fun. All right, KB. El Capitan, <laughs> what it, what it, what's your thoughts? Regrettably, but Notre Dame's going to win this one, and it's not going to be close. All right. And that comes to me. And uh, unfortunately or fortunately, uh, I must, I'm going to say that Notre Dame is going to win really big. And uh, how big they do it will be how big they get a lead in the first half. And if they start rolling, it's going to be ugly. Uh, Notre Dame is still a physical football team. I don't think they've played their best game yet. I think they have issues. Obviously, Scott pointed out all the, 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 the changes along the offensive line, but when push comes to shove, this SC team doesn't inspire me. I think Chris brought it up uh, almost uh, every time we have one of these uh, inside the huddles. This this team doesn't play with a lot of heart. SC doesn't play with a lot of heart. I can see this team basically looking with huge eyes, a deer in the headlights look. Uh, once Notre Dame starts cranking it up, and they play the victory clog after every touchdown. So. I think it's not going to be a pretty sight. I hope it is, uh, but there's only one way to find out, and that is to play in the game. So uh, with that in mind, guys, I want to thank you. A reminder to everyone that USC does play at Notre Dame this Saturday night on NBC, 4, uh, 30 p.m. in Southern California, 7.30 p.m. in South Bend. Reminder, next uh, Tuesday we'll review the Notre Dame game, preview the Trojans' homecoming game against Arizona. So until next Tuesday, Thank you again, panel. Thank you to our on three technician, Jake Evans. Thank you all of you for watching or listening to Inside the Trojan Settle on ERSC. And fight on, everybody. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.